Hello, and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Corinium Global Intelligence. In this podcast, we talk to senior executives, thought leaders, and experts from a range of industries and departments within large and small organizations across the globe. They share stories and experiences that shape their passion for data and analytics and form the future of our industry. This week, we are talking all about transforming to be data-driven and to do just that. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Helen Lorenz, who is the Director of Data and Insight for the Care Quality Commission. Now, if you haven't met Helen just yet, a few intro facts to get you up to speed. Helen joined Care Quality Commission in April 2017, and prior to this has worked within Dunhumbies and Sainsbury's as well. Now, if you can't find Helen at her work desk, you'll most likely find her in the gym taking on an opponent. Helen, how's it going? Hi, Catherine. Yeah, really well, thank you. Good to see you. I feel like I need to clarify straight away. You're not just in a gym, just randomly walking up to people and fighting them. It is, in fact, a boxing gym, right? That is right. Yes, I'm not. I'm not uh, usually one to go and pick a fight with a random. Um, so it is a boxing gym. I'm not quite into the sparring and fighting. I'm really doing it for fitness, but it's um, it's keeping me fit. Although I have a slight injury at the moment, which is which has led me to take a slight pause. Okay. Okay. Well, what made you get into the into boxing fitness? Well, I've always been I've always been quite active, um, but I've never really liked going to the gym as such and um, working from home now as many of us are um, a new boxing gym opened in a trading estate like three minutes walk from my house so I thought I'd go and give it a go and nicely convenient um, and it's, it's brilliant it's uh, it's an all body workout uh, a couple of times a week really early morning just get out there and start the day so yeah I've been really enjoying it. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say actually about the working from home piece, because I think a lot of people have had to change kind of their their, their amount of exercise and what they do for mindfulness and just taking themselves out of home now, because obviously a lot of what we do is at home, workplace, school, you know, everything like that. Keeping on the, on this note, because I think it's worth chatting about, you're no stranger to a challenge when it comes to uh, fitness, because you've in the past taken on a 24 hour swim for charity, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I love swimming. Talking, you were talking there about mindfulness and well-being, working from home. One of the things that I've always really enjoyed is swimming and I find it really meditative. So um, I like to get out there and I've have been doing a lot more outdoor swimming over the past few years. Um, mm. And earlier this year, I took part in a 24 hour swim relay on a lake in southwest London with a team of there was a team of seven of us and we basically did our hour long stints around the lake and it was it was fabulous it was incredible especially at night when the the lights were twinkling on the lake the moon was the full moon red in the sky the stars were out it was it was pretty epic actually um so i've done a few different charity swims over time particularly this one for a, a charity called level water but helps um children with disabilities learn to swim so it's a brilliant cause and great fun as well Oh, I love that. Amazing. Well, nicely segueing into our conversation here, not being scared of a challenge, uh, talking about obviously becoming data driven and everything that 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 takes. Uh, before we dive into that, talk me through your your role at the Care Quality Commission. Yes. So it's probably helpful to first talk about who the Care Quality Commission is, because many people may not know them, know us. Um, 
more commonly known uh, to us who work in the Care Quality Commission as the CQC, so that's the shorthand I'll probably use through this conversation. And we are the independent regulator of health and adult social care services in England. Um, our official purpose is to make sure health and social care services provide people with safe, effective, compassionate, high quality care and that we encourage care services to improve. Um, so that's the, at a very high level, the organisation. And really what we do is that we, um, we register services that provide health and care to citizens. We assess and rate the quality of the services that are being delivered and we publish what we find and we take action where that's needed. So enforcement against providers, for instance, if they're, if they're um, heavily in breach of, of um, uh, standards that are expected. Um, so so we, we, we regulate services and then we have also what we call an independent voice function and that's the, the function that we, um, that we carry out where we use our publications um, to basically describe what is going on with care quality. So for instance on a thematic or a national level and really shining a light on the key issues in the delivery of health and care. So influencing providers, commissioners, policymakers government and, and others to change their policies and adopt good practice. So we, we regulate services, but we also use our voice to talk about what's going on in health and mm. care. So that's that's the organisation. Um, in terms of my role there, then I'm the director of data and insight. So it's really my role to lead the development, development and delivery of our data and analytics strategy and capability. Um, got to ensure that we've got the data, the technology, the tool and the analytics um, and the capability that we need to achieve the, you know, the ambitions of the organisation. And I've got um, data experts, so engineers, modellers, as well as data scientists, analysts and researchers in the team. And at the most basic level, we're, we're really ensuring that um, we make it easy for our colleagues and the stakeholders that we, that we work with to make consistent and really effective decisions around health and care services using that data and insight in a nutshell. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I mean, thank you. Thank you for giving that overview, because, yes, we do have a global listenership here at the Business of Data. So, so really helpful for, for everyone to understand kind of where you're speaking from. And I think it's fair to say uh, over the last couple of years, you've been incredibly busy with everything that's been going on. Um, so thank you for, for taking the time out to have a chat with me today. Now, I'm going to set the scene a bit. And I'm going to hold my breath as I go through this, because this is this is quite the challenge. I've got it written on my notes here, the challenge with an exclamation mark. Now, you correct me if I'm wrong. You are going through an entire organization transformation whilst managing the change management of your function, whilst in the background of the aftermath of a global pandemic. One could say you're a little bit busy, understatement of the century. Talk me through that that come from the macro picture of that transformation and then into the micro of what that looks like for the organization yeah yeah you're right it's been um, it's been busy to say the least over the last couple of years um so we launched a new strategy 18 months ago that went live in may 21 um and the transformation that we're doing as an organization is really all geared around the changes that are needed to deliver deliver on that strategy um it's probably helpful for me to talk about a couple of key areas of that strategy because that's really where my, my, my role and my team fit into that. So in our model of regulation that exists at the moment, we, we're heavily focused on inspections. So um, observations of care on site will go into a provider and we'll look at the way that they're delivering in care for the people that use those services. And um, our model, um, our old model has us doing that on a set frequency basis based on your current rating. So if you are rated as a good 
um, GP, for instance, it could be three or more years before we'll go back to you to inspect you again. And of course, lots can change in that time. Um, when we have, when we do have information that suggests something significant has changed, we would go back and inspect. But otherwise, we might have little contact in that in you know through mm. that through that period. And obviously, if you think about it, observing care on one day at a point in time might not give you the best rounded view of what quality of care is like in that service. So. Our strategy really sets out how we want to change the way that we regulate. Um, so one of the ambitions there is to be a smarter regulator. Um, that's about providing more dynamic and flexible approaches in the way that we regulate. Um, we want to be providing more up-to-date information, more high-quality information and ratings to the public about what's going on in services. Um, and we want to make it easier for people to work with us. Um, and obviously think about that data is really important there if we want to to, to be able to provide a um, more up-to-date view of what's going on so that's really key um and then another element that's really key is around people's experience of care so that's another ambition in the strategy is to have um a more central view in there of what people what people say what people feel about the, mm. the, the care that they experience um and so we need to you know we go out and talk to people today when we inspect but in the future we want to do this more extensively uh, and more often and actually um you know we need to be able to capture that information from those conversations um, and from people who are telling us information directly and make sure we can really use that so again you can see again in the strategic element how how data's really important as part of that strategy and i finally probably just mentioned briefly that one of our core ambitions is around tackling inequalities in health and care you know pushing for access uh, equality of access um, and to do that, you need to understand, you know, what you're dealing with. So we need to, when we're capturing data, we need to do more to capture, um, you know, who the people are that we're that we are making observations of care on, and what people are telling, you know, the, the people we are being told about. Um, and I think there's more we can do to encourage providers themselves to capture their own data and use that more effectively in the way that they they deliver services. So, you know, every part of our strategy requires us to capture information in a different data in a different way or use it in a different way and more consistently more effectively so um you know it's a full organizational transformation yeah. uh, how we regulate the processes the tech the data the people the skills all of that so uh, you, you know you you said at the start is that right are we doing a full-scale organizational transformation absolutely it's touching on every aspect of the way that we work and um obviously our team has got a really central role to play in that yeah and it, Helen I'm in such a privileged position hosting this podcast I get to speak to such a variety of people and it really is a trend that I'm noticing at the moment is that so many organizations are wanting to move away from this moment in time data set into this kind of real-time consistent data set that can be added to um, we were just uh, in the last few weeks joined uh, by Fiona from uh, who's a CDO for the uh, Office of National Statistics here in the UK as well again they're looking at moving from a 10-year center census model to having a more regular insight into the data because as you've said there like when you go into a gp that three-year span so much could have happened in that time and again i appreciate as you mentioned if there are concerns or or there's a change in some form you will go into there but being able to have that regular touch point and i love that point you mentioned about the the difference between the qual and quant type data sets that you can get there around it's not just would you give this gp five stars it's a case of you know what's the emotion behind your interactions was the human element to it and especially with such sensitive data as you're talking about around the inequality of access 
there's going to be so much humanness that needs to go into that sort of research. And it's really exciting for me to hear, certainly, uh, that you guys are, are doing that. So that's the, that's the big transformation that's going on. And no doubt there's a huge impact for you in the data function. So what does that look like in reality? Because I'm assuming uh, as, as much as this sounds wonderful, it's going to be a boatload of work to get it uh, uh, into reality. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so you can see the things I've described there are really needing the work of my team to, to really um, enable them and to, to make sure that we have what we need um, in the fingertip, at the fingertips in the hands of the people who need to make decisions. So um, data and insight, you know, they're being, they're being embedded more extensively and effectively into business processes as part of this change. Um, and, I, and I really pushed for our team, my team to go first so that we are ready with new capability at the point that the rest of the organization needs it. And we're not playing catch up because I think that, you know, our, our new model can't be effective if we're at a place where we, you know, from the data and insight is, isn't um, supporting decisions from the get go in this new model. Mm. So, you know, I, you mentioned that I joined CQC in 2017. We've been gearing up for, for this major change since since I since I joined. And um, we've spent a, a lot of time up front automating what we do, introducing some improved tools and upskilling um, analysts, I guess, to be more business partner in their style. Um, but we did know we needed to make more fundamental changes. And actually, COVID got in the way of some of the things that we wanted to do. So what's, what's interesting there is, in, in some respects, that's that's been a blessing in that we are now making the changes that we know we needed to make as part of a much wider organizational transformation. So it's actually going to have much greater impact than if we'd have, you know, made tinkering around the edges um, a, couple of, a couple of years back. But, um, you know, I, I mentioned that we're embedding data and insight more fully into processes um, and, and to make sure that people have what they need to make impactful and consistent decisions. I think that's a really important feature of what we want to try to do. Um, that obviously means we have to be really clear on what we're delivering for the organisations, so what's our offer, um, and that we are delivering that using the combination of highly skilled people, high quality that, uh, data that's really well managed and governed effectively, you know, modern technology to really allow us to do all the all the brilliant things that you want to do and collaborative ways of working. I guess those are the four critical things that we that we're really um, the ambitions are are set up around. So we've worked through what our offer is and we've used that to shape our new structure. So we launched the new team um, in April. Prior to that, my role was director of intelligence, so it's focused really on the analytics side of that uh, of the work that we do. And um, that's now we've brought all the data analytics analytics capability together in my team so um we're i guess you know we can we can make sure that all the data is really enabling all of the work that we want to want to produce in a way that wasn't so straightforward previously um so we launched the new team in april um we've built a new data azure data stack and we're in the final stages of migrating our legacy systems and tools and data into that new platform so we'll be up and running on that early in the new year which is a, another major milestone for us so um of course that's the the team structure um the technology that underpins what we do we've got the wider pieces around process happening with the rest of the organization the thing for us then is really all about making all that stuff come together and sing in the way that we need it to. So really maturing that capability over, over the course of the next couple of years so that it's it's really enabling the organisation in the way that we intend. Yeah. What what are some of the big challenges that you anticipate with all of that? What, what, what springs to mind is number one of the thing that you're going to have to really kind of work through um, with, with those various elements. So I think the data 
the data piece obviously is the bit that really underpins pins all of this. So um, having really good data quality, um, mm. and by that I mean data that colleagues and stakeholders who use that have really high levels of confidence in, um, you know, and that we know um, how good it is in terms of completeness and coverage that it's up to date, all of those pieces. And I think, you know, that's really one of the biggest challenges. If we're moving to this model of always on regulation where data and insight are embedded in processes, we've got to make sure that the data is as good as it can be to really enable those process um, those processes. And we're putting in the sort of an ownership structure for, for data within within our, the organization for the data that we sort of capture and gather directly so that there's real shared ownership and, and accountability in the business for the data and helping drive that improvement in the quality. Um, that's that's where you know we can stand on our soapbox as a central data team and shout about this as much as we like, but actually, you know, people need to feel feel the benefit and feel the pain of, of not you know not having good quality data themselves um, in order for us to make that change. Um, so yeah, this is really about um, getting good quality data, making that work for us at an enterprise level, um, and uh, moving away from a place where an inspector has all the data that they need and all the things that they need for themselves, but we don't have the ability to necessarily use that in a broader sense as well. So moving to an enterprise approach around that is is really key. So I think, yeah, data data quality is uh, is, is probably one of the key things there. Yeah, it's really interesting for me actually that you draw on your previous industry experience as well to kind of the the, the various levels of, of quality. And it's it's funny, so many I think now speak on this scale. It's not a case of good data or bad data. It's this whole scale in between what is absolute garbage and what is you know perfection and the scale in between and kind of what appetite you have for the quality of it for which project and which stakeholder, et cetera. Um, uh, certainly an interesting discussion there. Now, you, you mentioned earlier about the, the team kind of being uh, created and, and set up in April. How's that been from a talent perspective? Obviously, all these ambitions are fantastic, but we know that the wider market has struggled with the hiring, retaining the talent. Is this something, were, you know, were they already in the organization? You brought them across. Did you hire them in? What's What's the story there? Yeah, well, we, we all know the challenges we're having in, in the in the sector at this point in time. Um, so we have um, quite a significant number of people to recruit. Um, and uh, we've had a pretty incredible response to our analyst roles that we've recruited to. So it's actually taken up. We, we, we underestimated the amount of effort it was going to take on the recruitment side in terms mm. of the analyst role, that like the amount of um, applications we had was phenomenal. And so um, we've really been able to bring in quite a wide variety of skills and experience, which is really exciting. And I've met a lot of our new team uh, members over recent weeks and really blown away by the energy and experiences they're bringing, mm. which is brilliant. Um, things have been much more challenging for us on the data specialist roles. So engineering, architecture, governance particularly. And, and I think, you know, as a public sector organisation, we, we just we can't compete on salary with um, with private sector, particularly for these for these data specialist roles. So, um, you know, we're looking at what our long term plan is around entry level recruitment and and um, all the different options that we've got there. But unless we have you know good senior colleagues in place to coach and develop, you know, we're not necessarily going to get the value from 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 that. So. We're working with partners, we're filling gaps with contractors in the short to medium term and, you know, doing things like this podcast to raise awareness of the, the exciting work that we're doing. Because on paper, if you just see a high level job description and a, a salary, which is, you know, in line with or less than you would like to go to for um, 
for a, for a role at a different organization, it's easy to skip over those sorts of things. So one of the things that we're, we're starting to do more of is, is much more of is to get our, get our story out there. So, you know, what are we doing as an organization and why is it an exciting time to be working for an organization like CQC or working at CQC where we're doing all these really exciting new things with data. Um, so yeah, we're challenged. I mean, you know, any ideas, all, all ideas welcome, do get in touch. <laughs> we've, um, but in terms, of, in terms of that retention piece then, as part of the structural work, we've put more um, structured learning paths in place for colleagues. You know, that new technology gives people, existing colleagues, you know, an opportunity for te technical development. Um, our role in the organization changing, so there's lead developing leadership skills is gonna be mm. really important to the organization on this journey. So there's opportunities for development beyond, you know, technical technical training and things like that. Um, but I think um, telling our story is, is going to be one of the most important things that we need to start doing more of over the next couple of months. And, and as um, as we, um, you know, implement more of this technology and we, we're actually making more of an impact for our organisation, we can, we can help our, our own team see the impact they're having, which will hopefully help us further with that retention piece. Yeah, no, I appreciate what you're saying around the the storytelling piece in terms of, of your sector, but to, to rebut it slightly, I think every organization needs to be doing it now. I think regardless of what you can offer, because you can have the fantastic salaries and that's brilliant. But if someone is only, you know, being driven by the salary and then another opportunity comes up and it's, you know, so much higher, they're gone. You've really got to have them bought into that mission, into why you're doing your work. And, you know, I always bang on about what, what drives data people. And I'll always say it's growth and curiosity. And if you can keep that curiosity with interesting projects that you're working on. Uh, yeah, I think every organization really needs to have that that mission statement uh, uh, so solidified now. Uh, you mentioned there about some some technology piece. You, you kind of foreshadowed to it earlier. Um, have you been bringing in some new technology alongside all these transformations to uh, hopefully answer a couple of the prayers? One of the key bits of technology that um, are re is really going to enable us uh, to have that impact that we want to is is actually something that's been delivered separately to the work that I'm leading, and it's a new um, dynamic CRM platform. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier about um, all that variety of data that we have as an organisation um, the data that our inspectors gather um, uh, and the observations of care that they, that they make today really has value um, for them. But actually, it's hard for us to tap into that and understand what that means at scale mm. from an analyst perspective. So um, we this new CRM system will really um, allow operational colleagues to capture much more structured data into our systems um, from what they see in here. And, um, you know, we're never going to get to that, that, you know, till system or the website transactions. But actually, um, you know, that incredibly rich information um, that we gather directly, if we can structure that um, in a in a in a better way which we, we weren't very much planning to do um you know we'll have much better ability to use that more strategically in, in producing better insights that can support better activity that we do and you know this this beautiful virtuous circle coming from that so um technology yes from a data to, from a data team perspective but actually more importantly or equally as importantly is is what we're doing with technology in in the wider business as well and and so that's what we're going to be um, enabling our inspector colleagues with but also um through that um the platform will have a um, portal for health and care providers when they need to give us information um they'll be able to use a similar um uh, you know apps on, on that platform to 
give us that data in a really consistent way. Um, and uh, you know, ultimately, over time, we want to be able to receive some of that information directly from providers um, from their own systems using APIs where, where they have uh, that capability. So technology to improve data capture as well as technology to, technology to manage and analyze the data is, is really what we're focused on. Fantastic. Uh, Helen, I always end every podcast on the same question, which is, you know, we've spoken about so much here today. What is the one takeaway you really want our listeners to, to bring with them after they finish the episode here with us? So I think I think it's, you know, right, what we started with at the beginning, which is around the organisation transformation um, and um you know, getting in there early as, as a data analytics team and really being part and shaping of what that whole organization transformation um, is about is really critical if, you know, as a data leader, you want to have, have the impact that you can in the organization. So, you know, push for that whole organizational change if you think that's the thing that's needed to really ensure that the organization can fire on all cylinders in the, in the you know, in the delivery mm. of its purpose. So make sure that, um, when big strategy conversations are happening, that data insights are really a key part of the plan to going forward. Oh, I love that. Well, Helen, thank you so much for catching up with me. It's been great chatting with you and I look forward to uh, uh, catching up with you again very soon. Lovely. Thanks, Catherine. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening and keep up with us on socials. And for more content, visit us on businessofdata.com. Be well, and thank you for listening.